Hi, I'm Kane Hodder, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Keep listening, or I will fucking kill you. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. And I, I, I say that with meaning because sometimes you get stuck on a movie set and for whatever reason, you have to postpone BTB. But nonetheless, listeners, we're here to save the day and we have to thank two very special co-hosts uh, that came in in the clutch to uh, be a part of this amazing show. Uh, as you know, it's always top to bottom, right? Right, right. So, <laughs> nonetheless, let's go ahead and introduce. That's right. Starting with, he is the Persian prince of pop culture. He is affectionately known as Mike, the General Zod. Hey, hey! It's as always a pleasure to be here. The um, yeah, it's uh, you're 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 breaking my heart being stuck on a movie set oh for so long. <laughs> Yeah, with the likes of WWE Hall of Famers like Jake Snake Roberts and Sergeant Slaughter and Rob Van Dam, two big names in comedy like Tommy Davidson and Jess Hilarious. And of course, our boy Lion Beckwith, who's also part of BTV, and uh, as he's the lead role in a film called The Realtor that I had a pleasure of uh, working on. on um and you know what there's not a lot of nda for this film so i guess i can say that i am a commentator a wrestling commentator who will be uh commenting on the matches that uh will be happening in the ring with uh, are you are you are you ad-libbing your commentary or are you is it scripted uh i don't know if i'll get it i think that might be a little too much information at that point so oh I think- gotcha <laughs> I think because I haven't been yelled at for the photo, much less I might say anything about what I'm going to say in the ring. But as far as like what happens in the ring, who wrestles in the ring, we're going to save that for a little later. Maybe when we can talk about the movie a little bit more. So I feel like I've already said enough. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, and of course, uh, BTB's own Sean Cradle, a.k.a. Chunk Shady, uh, who's an actual wrestling commentator. For Maryland Championship Wrestling, MCW Pro Wrestling was my um, co-commentator uh, for uh, 
for the shoot, a, a really fun two-day shoot that went a little longer than expected, guys. But nonetheless, really happy to have you generals on. And, of course, also very happy to have back on BTB. Guys, he is podcaster extraordinaire. He is the one and the only hardcore bloodshot Jesse Fresco back on BTB. I'm back again. I, I literally forgot this was happening today. <laughs> I was about to walk out the door to go to the gym, and you were like, I'm online right now. And I was like, oh, shit, five minutes. <laughs> so, I'll well, go after. I'll go after we're done. So. I, I feel a little better that you're not going to miss your workout. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have work tomorrow, so I, I'll be able, it's tomorrow's Saturday, so I'll be fine. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And uh, I tend to go when it's actually later in the night because that way it's not crowded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, this is a, a show that, uh, you know, that that's going to be, uh, the, first of all, thank you uh, for everyone uh, in the panel. Um, but um, we are going to be um, showcasing um, two on-location interviews that myself and the King of Dadies, Chacha McFly, conducted at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. This is our, our final two interviews. Um, I interview... Actor and composer Spencer Charnas, who's been doing some work in a lot of action and a lot of horror movies. And Chacha gets the big interview, gets to interview young actor Logan Kim, who plays podcasts in Ghostbusters Afterlife. So <laughs> um, a very brief interview. We didn't get much time with him, but it's nonetheless a great interview. Nonetheless, that we'll be playing here for our, your listening pleasure. So because of that... Um, little bit of a briefer show than usual but nonetheless we're gonna have an awesome time talking about everything in the world of entertainment so here we go with entertainment top 20 style of course it is time for the hollywood report that's hot that's bananas that's off the chain Yeah, Benji and Joel, good Charlotte. Those are our boys, man. You know, um, Hollywood sellouts, but not, not, I'm just joking, Benji and Joel. <laughs> I mean, what, when was the last album that they put out? <laughs> That's another fair point. That's another fair point. <laughs> yeah, they're both they're both doing fine though. They're they're, they're, they're fine. They're both royalties. They're, they're, yeah, then they're and they're married into Hollywood royalty. I yeah. always mix yeah, up Nicole Richie. I always mix up uh, Good Charlotte and Weezer. I don't know why. They sound like oh, literally the same band to me. Really? Because uh, uh, Weezer is like a really, really broad um, catalog. I mean, they have something like 12 wow. albums. Wow. <laughs> I like their Teal album. It's all uh, covers. I like that album. It's pretty good. Yeah. That is a great yeah. album. But musically, they're very, very different bands. Yeah, they don't, they don't really sound don't, that I, I don't know why I mix them up. It's just everything from like the 2000s. I just I hear that I'm like, oh yeah, it's it. They're all the same to me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> all well, the same. I, nonetheless, guys, uh, let's talk about everything uh, in the world of entertainment. Starting with the box office, uh, the Batman continues its dominance, uh, <clears throat> taking the number one spot again. Rightfully 30, deserved. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 37 million. Um, and now pushed to the 300 million mark in North America, uh, which is uh, amazing. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Batman, of course. Um, What's its worldwide gross? Like 500 million, something like that? 
domestically it's 300 million i do not have the worldwide um number ah i do uh 598 globally damn and it's three world a three week um accumulation that's really good yeah that's really good fan fantastic fantastic we talked a little bit about the batman last week but uh, we, we we should talk about the batman um a little bit more since uh jesse fresco i know that you uh, mm. uh had great things to say about the film but i thought what it would be a great uh topic would be to talk about who your favorite actor has been that has portrayed batman and an honorable mention so now that we've <clears> all <throat> seen Robert Pattinson in his role as actually I haven't seen Robert Pattinson yet because I haven't you seen have, the movie yet. General Zod have not seen it, but you can base <laughs> it on on some footage you've seen. Yes, at least. yes, of course. Of okay, course. okay. Well, based on that, General Zod, um, uh, why don't you start? Uh, who has been your favorite Batman in a- every iteration? You can go all the way back to Adam West, of course. Mm-hmm. 80s movies with Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Bill Kilmer. You know, you got the Christian Bale. You got Nobody the likes Clooney. Nobody likes Clooney. Even Clooney <laughs> doesn't like Clooney. <laughs> he right. acknowledges, yeah, I wasn't very good. Right. But I know you got to think for Adam West, Zod. But give me your favorite and your honorable mention. Okay. So um, I am going to have to disqualify Robert Pattinson from this. I have a ton of respect for him as a director, but. I mean, director. I'm sorry, as a as an actor, because he's <laughs> done a lot. Of, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of really really great stuff. But I haven't seen enough of the. You know, the plan was I was going to go see it this weekend. Now that I have a free weekend, but it's um, I still haven't seen it yet, so I can't really uh, give my opinion. In on him, but based on all of the previous Batman, um, I'm going to go with. Kevin Conroy. I still think he was like Kevin Conroy, I mean, as in the voice of Batman the Animated Series. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That's and, your favorite. Well, I mean, I can, I can, I can understand that maybe kind of half-assed because he doesn't do any like anything physically. Obviously, he doesn't do anything physically. Although he did appear in an episode of one of the CW um, superhero shows during their Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover where he played a version of Bruce Wayne, this like much, much older version of Bruce Wayne from like the kingdom come story. And, uh, he was good in that, although he looks really, really kind of frail and decrepit now, but it's, uh, but the thing I really liked about Kevin Conroy and I thought was perfect was the way his vocal, his tonal, uh, his intonate, his vocal intonations changed between him being Bruce Wayne and him being Batman, I really, really thought that was really, really well done. It's such a subtle little thing, but man, was that well done. And the Batman animated series is just awesome. So I, it you was. Know, that's who I'm going to go with as my favorite. Okay. Honorable mention. Um, <sighs> I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things that Christian Bale did. Um, Christian Bale, to me, like, you know, all of the uh, Christopher Nolan uh, Batman movies, you know, Christian Bale is actually kind of, like, usually one of the lesser things in them. Like, you know, obviously Heath Ledger as the Joker is way more memorable than Christian Bale is. 
and also even that, with that voice didn't do him any favors either <laughs> exactly exactly he should have gone with the Kevin Conroy Batman right okay yeah. and uh so he's not going to be my honorable mention so I'm going to go with uh Michael Keaton all right yeah I mean I saw I saw the uh the 89 Batman movie at the perfect time in my life you know, when okay. a kid should see a Batman movie. Right. So that's like, um, very good. I actually just rewatched that. It's, it, it, there's a lot of stuff. It didn't age very well in that movie, but it's, it's yeah. still got a lot of charm to it. Yeah. Very nice. All right, Jesse, uh, your favorite Batman and your honorable mention. Uh, Pattinson's my favorite. Wow. He's the best one. He's the really? Best one. You really, really loved the Batman. I really enjoyed it because it's three hours long, but it didn't feel like it. Because okay. it's properly structured and it's paced well. Um, right. It, I think our buddy Seth, we did an episode of Two Whatever's Way Up about this film. It just came out recently. We said it's an A24 version of a Batman film. Holy cow! That's it's a detective funny. story. It's just a crime yeah, story. That's exactly it's like what it is. It, he, yeah. His car is not a tank. He doesn't murder anybody. <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> detective scenes of him wandering around trying to figure out clues. Like it's, it's a, it's like it's like that. What's that show? Um. Uh, True Detective or Mindhunter. So it's yeah. it's like that. Oh wow! Just yeah, in a superhero. Actually, <laughs> it's in the superhero, you know, with superhero Rapping. skin over top of it. You could exactly. remove Batman from the film, and the film mostly still functions. Right. Yeah. Wow. Except for except for the Batmobile, which is pretty awesome. Now that's the, that's more of the film itself. Why Rob as an actor, Rob? Uh, because he actually seems. Um, <sighs> It is still just year two. He's still young, but he just feels like he's an outsider. Like he's he's a very different iteration. Also, okay. he's not like the size of a fucking testicle like Ben Affleck was. <laughs> he, that that it, this film feels like a response to the Snyder stuff and the Nolan stuff. The Nolan stuff feels very rigid and stiff and kind of has his head up its own ass. Okay. Uh, and then you have the the Snyder stuff, which is very kind of like this toxically masculine uh you know uber tough guy horse shit that i hate so much also it's incredibly pretentious when you really think about it um he's over 50 and he's still torn up about his family it's like no <laughs> no that's not possible um <laughs> I, I, he's a grown man he'd be moved on at that point um okay but uh this one it feels like he's just angry at the world it feels like he's it feels very edgelordy you know, in, in many ways, he's not a likable person or a likable character. The movie outright hates Batman, which is what I liked about it. And it's also something that Ben Shapiro quoted that he said right. uh, he said he hated the movie because he said, oh, the movie fundamentally hates Batman. It's like, dude, you're that close to getting it. <laughs> like, you're not wow. supposed, like, why would anybody okay. like this guy that's going out there and beating the shit out of people? Like, he's. He's breaking the law doing this. They outright, they outright acknowledge, yeah, this guy's causing more problems than he's actually solving. So okay. it's and his performance, it's very subdued. There's very little Bruce Wayne in the film. It's mostly just him. Ninety-five percent of him is just him in the suit. That's very true. Yeah, the times awesome. we do get to see him as Bruce Wayne, he's still basically just Batman. And Seth even quoted, "This is probably the trilogy that that they're that they're building. It's probably not about the formation of Batman. It's more about the formation of Bruce Wayne." Like having him, you know, accept that, yeah, this whole Batman thing, it's not working. So it's kind and of like a reverse hero. It's a reverse narrative where it's not yeah. him becoming Batman. It's more about him 
starting out as Batman and then growing into a real person and, and rediscovering his humanity. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I could, I could, I could totally, I could really see that, especially because yeah. there, there was a lot of that in um, the original Batman Year One too, where yeah. that's like, what they're pulling from. That and the yeah. Long Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're pulling a lot of that stuff. Wow. And yeah. who gets your honorable mention, Jesse? Uh. I do like the Keaton uh, performance. Um, I think the movies have a lot of problems. Um, there's a lot of like problems with the story. Like the, the I I mentioned I watched the '89 film again recently. I hate the right. idea that the Joker killed Batman's parents. Yeah, yeah. I, it a... just turns into a revenge story at the very end. And also, Batman is violent and a murderer in that film. It's like yeah, oh, that's weird. Yeah, big um, deviation from what actually happened. Yeah, yeah that, that there's a whole book about um the development of that one movie. Um, that is, it's fascinating. I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to look that up real quick. Um, it's about John Peters and Peter Gruber, I think was his name, um, working on the production of that film. Uh, Hit and Run, how John Peters and Peter Gruber took Sony for a ride in Hollywood. Yeah, it's about, it's these two guys. It came out in 1996. Basically, it's about these two producers that went on to be started nothing and achieved, like, great success. And, um... Yeah, John Peters is fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, did you see Licorice Pizza by chance? Yes, I did. Yeah. I went to a uh, Bradley a Cooper. That that's screening Q and A. That is John Peters. That is down. That is him that is down Bradley, to a T. Bradley, Bradley Cooper's character there. That very is nice. him to a T. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go very controversial. Um, oh, quick, got... quick, quick mention. Did any has anybody even thought about Ian Glenn's performance as Bruce Wayne in, in Titans? You know what? I I, I can't. I, I've judge made him. like three episodes into the first season and I bailed. I don't know if I can include him into the to that uh, category. Does he ever Only put on the so cape and cowl? Does he ever? That's the thing. Wayne? I'm not sure about that. And plus, I haven't seen it, so it would be unfair for oh, me to, yeah, I, to rank it. I think but, everybody uh, bailed on Titans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that All show right, guys. sucks well, so bad. Is it really that bad? Because that was on it's, my it's that, Uber, that was on my list of eventual things to watch. It's yeah. it's that Snyder era Uber dark yeah. edge lord horseshit. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's it. right. That's the one where it starts out with Robin. Is which Robin is it in that? By the way, is it Dick Grayson or is it Damian Wayne? Dick Grayson. Oh, it is where he says yeah. "fuck Batman." I remember that <laughs> yeah. from the trailer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guys, you're you're gonna think it's I'm crazy, but I'm I uh, my favorite is Ben Affleck. <laughs> you guys, you're, you're gonna, gonna have I'm to not. explain yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I well, when I look at Batman, I, I look at um the aesthetic of Bruce Wayne and Batman combined. So um and visually, when when I when I watch a comic book superhero movie, I want to kind of be influenced by what I've seen in the comics over the years. And it seems to me that Ben Affleck's take on Bruce Wayne and the Batman, for me, for me, has been the most accurate um, uh, for the screen. Now, I know that the Zack Snyder's, uh, you know, films are, have been debatable, but we're just going again on, on, on capturing the essence of, of Bruce Wayne and the Batman. So, I know it's a controversial call. I know people may not have loved the Snyderverse. I personally love uh, the Justice League, uh, you know, Snyder Cut personally. Um, Jesse, I know you, you didn't like it so much. but it's, uh, it's better, but I wouldn't say it's good. Right. I mean, right. also, it's like it sets up all this shit that's never going to lead to anything. 
Yeah. Like, um, hey, Martian Manhunter's here for a movie that's not getting made. Like, I know. Like, I all know. Stuff that doesn't I matter. Know. I really. Well, I hope they bring back Martian Manhunter because he's why, a pretty, why don't they just character. Why not just continue the Snyderverse in comics? Like, just make their own separate universe. Say, fuck it. It's Universe Fifty Three. Whatever the fuck they want to do with it. That's the thing. There's multiple Earths in DC. Why, why so not? Yes, you can do it. Just you, there's no reason they can't. Right. They're going to. You know they will eventually, because DC's done that with just about every... I mean, they've continued the story the of all of the movie-verse. Uh, like, Batman 89 is a comic that came out last yeah, year. Yeah, and Superman 76, 78? Yeah, um, and, and uh, Wonder Woman 80, 81. Something or, like that, yeah. Yeah, where, like... And they've been continuing the stories. Batman 89... Has, shows what happens with Billy D. Williams is Harvey oh, uh, coming to turning Two-Face. into Face. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's actually a pretty fun yeah. story. That was the best part of the Lego Batman movie that uh, Billy D. Williams got to finally uh, voice Two Face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, hey, look at that! He got to, you finally got to do it." There you go. Now, the honorable mention for me is a tough call, but um, I'll go with Christian Bale. I'll go with Christian Bale because. Uh, I feel that that Dark Knight trilogy was was a great trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and Christian Bale is a fantastic <clears throat> actor despite his outbursts on set. Obviously, he can be he could be a dick on set sometimes. From what I've been told, uh, well, and from what was, I've read, was that was Terminator Salvation, I think. Oh, but it wasn't out. a Batman movie. It was a yeah. Terminator Salvation. His ego was out of control. <laughs> right, right. But nonetheless, I thought he he just captured the essence of what I how I would visualize Batman and. Uh, so yeah, so we all of us have very different answers. Uh, Jen's yeah. going for the animated Batman, and uh, uh, Jesse, still think, lo- still think the animated Batman is the perfect Batman that they okay. should yeah. on screen. Jesse it's, going it's, for it's Batman. straight up, it's straight up Detective Comics, just in in yeah, in cartoon form. So. Exactly. Yep, and I'm going for Batfleck, but you know what? I thought. Um, Robert Pattinson's uh, performance was was great, and he definitely surprised a lot of doubters, because there's a lot of doubters yeah. wondering how the heck that you know, I know Jen Zod, you had a problem with his hairstyle, <laughs> yeah, right? I well, you look at, yeah, I didn't I didn't really love the the whole center part like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that hairstyle in the comic books or in any iteration of the movie. And it, it, you know, when you're talking about how he's like an edgelord, an unlikable yeah. edgelord, like that makes total sense now that he yeah. has that. Hair. Right. But there's yeah. a point where the since you've seen it, Al, um, at the end of the film where he realizes, wow, maybe I need to not be a violent, you know, a violent, you know, person beating the shit out of people because it's not accomplishing anything. And so he he instead turns to helping all the people at the end of the film as opposed right. to going after the bad guys again. Well, so, that, yeah. that brings up a, a philosophical question about Batman forever. I mean, if he's a billionaire, like, he could use that money to make Gotham City better. Oh, yeah, they address that in the movie. They're like, yeah, you, your parents have all this money, and, yet, and they always donated to philanthropic charities, but you've never done anything. The mayor calls him out on it, like, why are you not doing anything? He's like, <laughs> we never see you. It's like, because he's going out every night beating the shit right. out of people, and then he wakes yeah. up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. They but outright it, address it. Like, the, the, the world of this new Batman movie hates Batman, but he does it because it makes him feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is, is, is the new, is the <laughs> Batman, like, do they imply it's in some kind of shared universe or is it in? in no, it's don't think. Don't think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unless they want to do something in Flashpoint and bring that Robert Pattinson to the <clears throat> CEU, which the, they could. The, 
Flashpoint is meant to close up the Snyderverse because it's the last time Affleck is supposed to appear on screen. Okay. Batman. Yeah. Close the last time or, he'll be well, maybe, maybe you know, separate. They, maybe they're, separate. Not gonna, they're not really going to close up the Snyderverse because they still have Jason Momoa playing Aquaman. Oh well, that's that's different. That's those are those are so distant at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like tonally and story wise, they're distant as as far as they can be. Again, this yeah. is Marvel. Like if you could say that Shazam is in the Snyderverse because they address right. like those characters. Like they're tonally not the same, and so they're. Of just like Snyder centric films are done. They are totally not the same. And I think that's why they should go with Robert Pattinson's Batman universe on yeah. one earth, DCEU on another earth with the DCU continuing. So Jesse, I'm hoping that's not the end of the Snyderverse, but as you mentioned, Zod, they're doing more movies with those Snyderverse characters. So I'm thinking it's going to be separate entities. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So. Did everybody um, see the, uh, the clip they got, Finally put online of. Let's uh, talk about it. That was next on my list. Yeah. Batman's did you did you know director. about this? Did you know about this, Zod? About the. Uh, yeah, I did. I've I've yes. seen mentions of it. I've been I've been actively avoiding most. Uh, ah, that's why you didn't watch it. Okay. Well, yeah. it's not really spoiler ish, right? I know I mean, it's yeah. I know it's the Joker. It's supposed to be the Joker. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Joker. Joker. It's Barry Keegan, which is interesting because he's also in the Eternals movie, so he's now in yeah. both universes. Oh, th- these actors share universes all the time. I know. <laughs> They're going the, where know. the money is. I, know. I, was, I he's I, for the I, minimal I, amount of time he is in the movie. He's like, oh, he's pretty good, you know. I, I was watching the movie good. and I was like, and I saw him in the cast listing on the credit block, and I was like, oh, Barry Keegan hasn't shown up yet. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of guessed it. I was like, yeah, he's gonna show up there. Yeah, there he is. You yeah. barely see him. You see him like through a little slat in a door in Arkham. You do, so. but he, he's got a very interesting look, a very different look than what we're accustomed to. He's a very scarred Joker. I, I think that's the new 52 version. Ah. Uh, where he, um, oh, is it the, the he's, he would Scott like, Snyder one? where he Yeah, he would like tear off. up his own body. He would slice himself up. Oh, well, wow. Like, at one it's point, he actually he actually cuts off his face and yep. then reattaches it to himself with staples. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that in that story. Whoa, yeah, his really face weird. is all fucked up. He has a giant scar. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Again, this is a very different, uh, very different uh, Joker than we've seen. Yeah. Um, and they uh, cut it originally. It was supposed to be like a Hannibal Lecter type scene where he's interviewing him in order to try to understand the psychology of the Riddler and try to figure out what's going on and. Right. It's a good scene in isolation, but in the context of the movie, it's like no so, information is gained. So this is where I have the major issue. Everyone was saying how awesome Joaquin Phoenix was as the Joker. Mm. And that Joker is not going to be in DCAU. That's its own separate universe. I get it. So what we already have another universe. For simplicity's sake, why didn't they just – not to take anything from Barry Keegan. just makes sense because that's why Marvel is so great because it's easy to understand and everything is in continuity and makes sense. But why not just put Joaquin Phoenix in that scene? I, I don't know. Just my opinion that ties that universe together. Well, it makes sense. For one thing, for, I'm, I'm assuming the Batman takes place in 2022, right? It's yes. looks contemporary yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah they, whereas the Joaquin Phoenix film takes place in the 80s. Yeah, it takes place in like. So it would make no sense. He would be like what, seventy, eighty years old. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense unless they they go with another weird thing from DC in that New Fifty Two, where they implied that the Joker was immortal or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) and giving him superpowers, right? Yeah, Uh, which is definitely yeah. But it's a very very cool. It's five minutes long. If you want guys want to check it out. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's it's a good scene, but it added literally nothing to the movie, and so they just cut it. They're like, yeah, yeah. this this, so, this adds nothing. No well, do they do they have some? I, I'm assuming they must have some kind of like after credit scene that is supposed um, to. Um, no, no, there's no don't. after credits. It's it's a little there's little things the Riddler is trying to do mm-hmm. around the world of manipulating the Batman and trying to get mm-hmm. him to solve his riddles, and so there's a little like. What what is it? A website listing? Yeah, comes up? it's it's almost like, a, like the 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 font, the green font, yeah. over black, a very uh, oh, a so retro. go to this website to see more stuff, and it's like right. I'm not doing homework at home. Put it in the movie. What do they what do they call those? They they used to do those a lot. ARGs. ARG. Yeah. ARGs. Yeah. Someone called it. Uh, I, I remember reading it was a there's a wild card term uh, in programming. Uh, also uh, can be referred to because of that. A bracket with a question mark. It's like a wild card. So I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, yeah. So, interesting clip if you want to check it out. And if you're a fan of Paul Dano, who played the Riddler, which I thought he was phenomenal. Oh yeah, he is so he, fucking unhinged in that movie, dude. Oh my god, beyond. Right. He's actually a little bit of a geek. He's going to be writing for DC Comics. Yeah, he is. Uh, a pre comic called He's... Riddler Year One. Oh, who's uh, writing that? Yeah, coming out this October, written by Paul Dano himself. So, huh. yeah, that's number one on my list is uh, is Batman and uh, the DC movies. But there is another movie in production in uh, the DCEU, and that is Blue Beetle. Um, I'm wondering if this will be Snyder vs. DCEU, or I'm no idea where they're going with this, but they just... As you know, we already talked about uh, Cholo Maraduena from uh, Cobra Kai as Blue Beetle. George Lopez uh, has just been added to the cast. Um, Adriana. Yeah, I know, right? It's interesting, right? He's probably going to play Jamie Grace's father. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, We have Adriana Barraza, who is an Academy Award nominee. Um, Elpidia Carrillo and Damien Alcazar has joined the cast of Blue Beetle. Yeah, I'm pronunciating them in the... <laughs> I, I know literally nothing about Blue Beetle other than he hangs out with Booster Gold. That's all I know. Yeah. It's a, that's a different Blue Beetle, actually. The yeah, this oh, Jamie I've... Reyes is a very different one because he actually found an alien armor, right? Right, John? Yeah. This is yeah. a very different It's than like the... this, this, the, this alien scarab. Like, yeah. uh, there's a there's been, what, I think three... I mean, because you know Blue Beetle's like a legacy character. Like, he's... Uh, right. There was like a golden age, or well, silver age technically, but uh, Blue Beetle, who uh, had this scarab and uh, fought crime with that, and then Ted Cord, who's the one that hangs out with Booster Gold, he um, he was like a student of of um, Dan Garrett, but he never got like the scarab, so he became like this like self made hero, kind of in the vein of like you know, well Batman pretty much. Right. And um, the the scarab it it starts out as like this like it's considered this like mystical ancient uh, ancient Egyptian um, artifact, but it turns out it's from an alien race, and it comes down and it gets uh, after the um, the Ted Cord Blue Beetle gets killed in in the comics, and actually an excellent story like back. Um, you know, I didn't think I would like that story as much since I've always really liked Ted Cord a lot, but it was a really well-written story where he gets killed by Maxwell Lord. And um, the uh, 
the Jamie Reyes gets the Jamie Reyes is just this teenager in El Paso and he, you know, the, the scarab kind of finds him and gives him this like, like Green Lantern, you know, yeah, found the, a Hal Jordan. Yeah, the aliens are actually not benevolent, though. And that's like a big part of the story. Like, uh, oh, interesting. you know, they're there. And there's like a big there's a lot of like conflict with Green Lanterns actually in the comics because like the reach that's the alien race they um they're enemies of the green lanterns <laughs> and so it's uh i don't know <laughs> all right we'll have to see how that, that translates to, to the the big screen but this is uh this is actually gonna go uh gonna be in theaters initially they, they wanted to be on hbo max directly but um this one's gonna get a theater run so we'll see how that one does and just reverting back to the uh the rest of the box office uh, an anime film called uh Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, an anime title about a cursed spirit. Um, it's a number two movie. Oh, wow, anime is kind of a a big deal uh, at the box office. Um, I mean, well, what else is in theaters right now? Well, we have the number three film, uh, Uncharted. Uh, by no, I forgot that came out. Oh my yeah, god, I, for, I forgot that even exists. <laughs> <laughs> the former, the former top of the box office with Spider Man. Mm. And then uh, number four was an indie horror film called X. I've been uh, meaning to see that. Yeah, it, I've heard yeah, it's very I've, good. Yeah. I've heard amazing things about this. Uh, it's um, an homage to the 70s horror classics. Yeah. Um, and follows um, Mia Goth and Brittany Snow as they attempt to make their latest naughty me decade opus on a creepy farm. So they're actually... Going they to go make, out to a farm to, make, form, to, make to a, film, yeah, film, film horror. horror film. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course people does it show take up place? In, yeah. Does it take place in the seventies? So that's the because like when you talk about it, horror classics in the seventies, that's actually a number of different genres <laughs> that could yeah. be like like uh, the Hammer films. It could yeah. be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, mm-hmm. or it could be like those Italian horror films from like the late seventies, like um, yeah. Lucio Fulci stuff and all yeah. that. Yeah. The Giallo films. Yeah. Uh, I'm very so, curious like, to see this film because, uh, yeah, I've worked with Brittany Snow on Pitch Perfect and I've seen her at a couple events and uh, curious to, to see how naughty she gets in this film, guys. <laughs> but it sounds like if they're making, if they're making it like, is it like a slasher movie? Like which one? Yeah. Which, what are it's they going? It's a slasher movie because, yeah, that's how okay. a lot of the 70s horror classics went down. Yeah, right? I think they go out there to film porn and then they end up – they. They start thinking that oh the people getting murdered is part of the film and so they start filming it. It's, it reminds me a bit of what's that movie uh, one cut of the De- one cut of the dead. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's like we're making a zombie movie and then an actual zombie movie starts ha- zombie outbreak starts happening. And they keep filming right. it. It's like right. oh yeah or there there's right. what was it Cannibal Holocaust? That, oh yeah yeah one yeah of those that was nasties. yeah that's yeah. I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie we need so to much. see, uh, guys. Uh, don't uh, don't yeah. waste your time. Don't waste your time. Um, not that one, but uh, definitely the next film. Um, yeah. And number five, Chad Tatum still at the top of box office with his dog film. So and that was at the top of the box office uh, a while ago. So that movie is surprisingly yeah. doing well. So did, did everything everywhere all at once come out? Is that out yet? No, no. Uh, tell us a little bit about that film. Oh, that's uh, it's made by the same directors that did a uh, Swiss Army Man and the Death of Dick Long. It's uh, basically um, Michelle Yao plays this woman who runs a laundromat and she's going bankrupt and then she gets pulled into this sort of multiversal storyline where it's a comment oh, on the multiverse. 
Hold, hang it's on, a, wait a minute. I think I have a note on that uh, particular movie. Yeah, apparently it's getting like supremely good reviews. It's called Everywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. And this is interesting that you mentioned that. This is actually number seven on my list, but Kehu Juan, mm-hmm. who is uh, Data in Goonies, mm-hmm. as you know, he oh, yeah, he's took, he took <laughs> yeah, a hiatus from Monster Fast, remember? Monster Mania. Monster Mania, my bad. Um, and uh, he took a hiatus from acting. He had been acting for a long time, and he actually mentioned that he had some FOMO, if you're missing out. <laughs> um, you know, of course he was in uh, big movies like Indiana Jones and Encino Man. And um, anyways, he stepped away from acting because at the time there weren't many op- opportunities for Asian actors. So like, you know, with the success of Crazy Rich Asians and things like that. Um, yeah, Kehu Kwan decided to return to acting. I think this is awesome. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Apparently, that's one of the South by Southwest um, mm. films that was featured. So that will be probably coming out to a theater very soon. So. Good. I intend to see yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. All right. In production, uh, Voltron. Um, apparently, uh, we'll get a big screen adaptation. Why? Live action, which Why? is good. Well, hey, same people. People love Transformers. That was a successful. Think, it's kind of. I feel like people have soured on Transformers at this point. True, <laughs> but both times, it's the same. I mean, it's the same. It's, it's giant robots. It's yeah, giant the same robots. people who love because Transformers and Voltron, they both yeah came out at about yeah. the same time, and they kind of like scratched that giant robot itch. I could yeah. see they're trying to go to the well again with that. Yeah. So Did you guys all... watch the Netflix Voltron series? No, never did. No, I never did. I heard that was I, good. I watched the first episode and I was like, it's okay, but I just the pacing is so terrible. Well, it's, it's like a kid's cartoon though. Yeah, it? it's like it's animated. I watched like the first episode and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Okay. It's not bad. It looks fine. It's just the pacing is so awful that it took me like three sittings to finish one episode. Oh my goodness. It's really so, bad. This is a uh, director, uh, Ross and Marshall, who's good. No idea who that is. Yeah. Um. He, well, he directed um, Red Notice. So which which Voltron? Oh no! Oh, fuck Red Notice. <laughs> what was Red Notice? Is that the one with the rock? Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, Galadot. Dwayne Johnson, Galadot. Yeah, it's it's very not good. So I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, this is still in uh, the early production, but uh, I wonder. I wonder if they'll do the Voltron because obviously they're going to do the Lions Voltron. But I'd love it if yes. they did the other one, the one with the cars. <laughs> the uh, you guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I only familiar with the no. Lions. So. Well, there were there were actually like in the old Vol- Voltron cartoon from the 80s, it started out with um, there was there was two there were two different Voltrons. And one of them was the lions that everyone knows, the one that they made fun of in Rick and Morty and like right. you know, all this other stuff. There was another Voltron that was made up of like 20 individual vehicles, including and and they were all like cars, these like flying cars that would go uh, that would go everywhere. And I just thought it was it was I mean, I guess like in the like I haven't seen those since I was like a little kid, but I guess there was some story about how one of them was supposed to be on whatever their home planet was. And the other one was like more of an exploratory force. The one with the cars that would go to other planets. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it would be, uh, you know, I just think it would be really funny if they went with the, the cars one, which no one knows about. And (laughs) everyone's assuming it'd be the lions. Well, they want to sell tickets. uh, Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Number three on my list is um, we're getting another screen movie. Uh, they just announced uh, March 31st, 2023 will be the, the release date, which will uh, have to contend with John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, it's gonna get crushed. <laughs> uh, so that 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 will be some competition, yeah, right? That there. is gonna get crushed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that is dead on arrival. No matter what they do, they're gonna it's gonna get the ass. It's ass yeah. Beat. So that's by Paramount Pictures. Paramount Pictures also announced that they will release an untitled Bob Marley biopic uh, in 2024 about the reggae legend. So. Uh, huh. And it will focus on the family members, Ziggy and Rita Marley, Sadella Marley. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, let's see. Kingsley Ben-Adir, who starred as Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, has been tapped to play Marley. Very cool. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think these these um, biopics about music legends, you know, like Rocket Man, you know, and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, and all that, um, have, have been do- doing really well. So I have a feeling one of those two was good, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Bohemian Rhapsody was a good one. No, <laughs> Rocket Man was really good. God damn it! I think Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the most lied. poorly edited films I've seen in the last five years. Yeah, editing and I think is driving me nuts. That's um, yeah, but that that left some difficulty with the crowd scenes. I could tell a lot of it was just oh, really... the difficulty with the director being a fucking pedophile too. There's that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh There's yeah. that whole thing. They had Why to... is Brian Singer not in jail? They had to switch the the directors mid mid uh mid production. Yeah. Mid production. Why, why is Brian Singer not in jail? That's a very good question. Same reason why Kevin Spacey's not in jail, I guess. But but yeah. when you have money, I guess you can do whatever you want. Exactly. It's insane. Probably the <laughs> same reason why the Manhattan DA um, just is dropping the Trump investigation. <laughs> the uh, So, yeah. That's... Yeah, money talks. You mean we could send him to jail, but somebody got paid money, a lot of money? Gotcha. Money talks and pedophiles walk. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome to America. Yeah, yep. unreal. All right, number four, Godzilla vs. Kong will return to film in Australia later this year. Um... You know, the Godzilla, mo- the Godzilla movies are just very, eh, you know. I mean, this will be the They're second God- Godzilla vs. Kong movie, yeah. Um, I enjoyed but, it. It was dumb, but it was fun. Yeah, it's just a fun movie. A lot of just explosions and and, and buildings and cities getting destroyed. But uh, it's a big CJ, CG, like, yeah. porn fest, basically. I mean, so. between movies, they created anti-gravitational technology to fly into the hollow Earth where another world exists, where all these giant right. monsters exist. Like, this shit makes no fucking sense. Right, exactly. Who cares? <laughs> don't bother. Don't make it... Like, the, the 2014 movie, they tried to make it realistic Godzilla, and it's horribly yeah. boring. And they tried to push that away with the next one, King of the Monsters, which, unfortunately, is better, but also horribly boring. Because, like, oh, all of Boston gets, like, nuclear annihilated at the end of the movie. It's like, oh, we saved the day. It's like, isn't, like, the entire East Coast, like, irradiated now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that movie's not very good either. Not very good either. No. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong was the first one where they kind of said, you know what? Fuck logic. Let's just just do it. Who fucking cares? (laughs) This is a paycheck for everybody. Nobody cares. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, number five, Lena Headey, uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones will be uh, will be making her directorial debut. Can you believe she's directing a film? That's amazing. It's called Violet. It's a psychological thriller that's in the vein of single white female, uh, talented Mr. Ripley, and it's based on a book 
by author uh, Holiday, S.J.I. Holiday. Interesting, three letters in your name. Um, hmm. And it concerns two solo female travelers who form an intense friendship while cramped in a cabin in the Trans-Siberian Express. Okay. Oh, and, <laughs> oh man. And the Trans-Siberian the... Express, that's an interesting story. It, Henry yeah. Rollins is a good story about traveling on that. And there's just like, there's nothing out there in Siberia. There's no Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. If that train breaks down, they're in, they're fucked. They're fucked, and the, <laughs> there's nowhere the to go. Remote area. Yeah. Uh, but things startly uh, start to unravel when it becomes <clears> the, <throat> one of the women. One of the women is not who she claims to be. Mm. Um, so check that out. Um, um, in comedy movies, number six on my list is a film called Being Mortal, uh, which is the directorial debut of Aziz Ansari. Uh, Seth Rogen's in the cast. And Bill Murray, uh, who will be uh, starring alongside Aziz Ansari. Hmm. And the film is based on a, a nonfiction book called Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End. Um, and uh, interesting, it's a comedy, but the title uh, doesn't sound very funny. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, anything <laughs> can be funny with the right tone. With the right tone, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's actually, I could see, I could see them going in a comedic route with that, uh, kind of yeah. going with something. If it's a, if it's based on a nonfiction book, um, I'm not familiar with the book. Just based on the title, I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of. Um, Ideas like, you know, kind of like pseudo philosophical ideas about how to how to live. You're like embracing mortality. Isn't that what yeah. from the right. title I was saying? The uh, reminds me like uh, was it in the 90s or maybe it was in the early 2000s. There was an, uh, there was this movie that came out, which was kind of similar called What the Bleep Do We Know? And it was about. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, where like, you know, it was it was it was a comedy. I think it was a comedy, but it was based upon like all of these uh metaphysical and quantum physics uh concepts. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe that's what they're going for here. And yeah. Like that could I liked I remember liking uh what the bleep do we know when I saw it and, but I was much younger and much more yeah. just back then. But I don't, uh, I don't remember much of that movie, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and you liked everything that came out when you were a kid, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, or like I Heart Huckabees, they tried to do mm. something like that too. Where right. you know, I, I, I a lot of people hated that movie, but I loved that movie <laughs> when that came out. I love out. the I love the outtakes from that movie because it shows that David Russell's a massive prick. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great uh there's great outtakes where it's him screaming at lily tomlin and he's just like fucking yelling in her face all the time it's just like oh, this wow. massive confrontation it's all on youtube and okay. it shows he's, oh, just, he's check that out. just a vile prick <laughs> okay <laughs> well number seven we already talked about and that's the uh, everything everywhere all at once so n- going to number eight is animated films what's coming up in animated movies so uh, let's see I don't know why, but Plato is going to be an animated feature film. So they're literally not about every, the philosopher. Not about the philosopher, Plato, but Plato. <laughs> oh, they're trying to get on the Lego Movie train. Yeah, and it's hey, crazy it's... because you know, like it's every like toy from like you know is now being yeah, every toy movie. gets its own movie. There was you know, doing like a, there was a there was a Playmobil movie, which oh is, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like, so bad. Right. 
that it was awful, but it was so clear they were trying to Lego movie it. Yeah, they're trying uh, to ape it. I remember years you know, ago they were talking about like a Stretch Armstrong movie or something like that, and I'm like, why? Yeah. I remember there was a I cartoon mean, of that. I remember that, but... Um, yeah, but, but John... Lego movie. Um, go ahead. That's okay. No, no, I'm just saying that the, the film will be written by Oscar-nominated screenwriter Emily V. Gordon, and John M. Chu will be uh, producing it. So, um... And John Chu, as you know, the uh, Crazy Rich Asians. He's been awesome. On he was actually uh, on BTB in his humble beginnings when he did Step Up, uh, Step Up uh, Two. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it basically will be a big claymation, you know, well, play, Play-Domation. <laughs> CGI iteration of what claymation should Mation look would like. look exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because I guess it's not technically clay, it's Play-Doh, right? It's yeah, nobody does stop motion animation anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, not even Artman. It takes too fucking long, right? Uh, there was a movie that came out last year that took literally 30 years to get finished called Mad God, directed okay. by Phil Tippett. It's an 80-minute film, and it's dark and miserable and depressing. But it's all in camera stop motion animation, and it's oh, an amazing wow. movie. It's one of the best movies that came out last year. I don't think it's been publicly released yet, but if you can find it, it's great. Wow! Um, but it's probably that's probably going to be the last stop motion animation film ever created because it just takes too fucking long. It was just too him. Long. It was him alone doing it that's, for thirty yeah. years. He Did started. He started on it when he was working on RoboCop two back in like ninety two. Jesus Christ! Did they do that for? Um... Uh, celebrity Deathmatch was that actual claymation? Yes, was that was claymation. That was claymation. yeah, but those are those are also a lot shorter. Than those are shorts. Yeah, those are shorts. They're, they're they yeah. take they take less time. They take less yeah. time. Right? Yeah, and it's like it's it's like two figures in a ring. It, it's so easy to just do that. Well, yeah, like okay. the the, the original Ardman Ardman movies, they were all like um, they were all stop motion claymation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, let's see. Kira Knightley is voicing an animated biopic called Charlotte. They just dropped the trailer for that. I think we mentioned this on the show a while back, but this is um this is um not for for children. It has a very serious tone. Um, and uh, Kira Knightley plays Charlotte Salomon, a young German Jewish artist who was murdered in Auschwitz at the age of twenty six. So um, not too many uh, um adult themed um animated films out there but yeah this, this is one of them mm. um and there's actually a french version of the film that stars marilyn cotillard as charlotte but this will be the english version um with kira knightley voicing it so um and also uh, last but not least in animated films is disney and pixar's uh light year uh coming out in june so apparently they restored uh the studio's first same-sex kiss in a feature film, which is between a character called Hawthorne, voiced by Uzo Aduba and her partner. Um, and apparently at first it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a same-sex kiss or a lesbian kiss. Um, it had to do with the fact that um, they, they it's still for kids, still for children. But... Um, this comes uh, as a result of Disney's response to the Don't Say Gay legislation that accused the studio of barring them from creating a show showcasing LGBTQ intimacy. So um, they redecided to add, say, they decided to re-add that scene back into the Lightyear film. So you will be seeing that film, that scene. <laughs> Good. So, Good. 
Because yep. <clears throat> fuck Florida. <laughs> yeah. Florida <laughs> needs Disney way more than Disney needs Florida. <laughs> so. if, if they could move Disneyland up to like Atlanta, they would totally do it. Yeah. Wow. They're probably just staying in Florida because it's already it's big, been established there and also because they get really good tax breaks. Tax breaks, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They they funny. it's an oasis of joy in the middle of piss and shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who, like a friend of mine lives in Florida, and I'm just like, why? You could just leave, but then she's like, oh, but I get a really good tax break for having a house well, here. There you like, go. And also, the water down there is really nice for the beach. That's about. Well, it. they have nice beaches. It, at least yeah, they don't have red tide. Last time I was in Florida, they had fucking red tide. I couldn't go on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Right. So I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see the Oscars number nine on my list. Um, we'll be talking about that on next week's show. However, <laughs> just a couple of news bits from that. Um, apparently they're really trying to get um the Academy to uh, mention those categories that had to be removed from the telecast. I think uh Jesse, you, I mean, you might have been on the show when we talked about that. There. Yeah. What they cut score, they cut visual yes. effects, they visual cut effects. sound oh. editing and sound design. Hairstyling, uh, hairstyling, and cut. basically the shit that actually makes the movie. Right. <laughs> they cut right. all of that. Like, what, right. of all the bullshit you cut, mm-hmm. you cut that. The actual yes. craft of filmmaking, you cut that from your filmmaking yeah. award show. Yeah, I guess they got Fuck gotta... off, dude. Like, there's so <laughs> many people that are pissed about this. Yeah. People that so... put genuine time and effort into these things. These guys and they work took hard. it out. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Just make the show longer if you have to. I mean, everyone should be recognized you for the hard The show work. can be short. You could just cut the bullshit you don't need. Cut the musical segments. Cut the comedy bits that nobody <laughs> talk likes. The, talk okay. The and then they put Amy Schumer as the host. Like, Jesus Christ, Oscar's so white? Fuck off, man. You cut your show down to a minimal length. You cut all the awards people actually care about. And you make Amy Schumer the host. I guarantee no one's going to watch this year. Nobody gives a shit. Well, Amy Schumer is co-hosting with some other people. It's not just her. But she's still the lead host. I don't know if they gave her lead host, you know, filling. But uh, um, Wanda Sykes is also co-hosting with her, you know. Um, And uh, Regina Hall as well. So it's a comic trio, Jesse. So, I don't know. Two of those people are funny. Yeah, I know, but I don't think they like build Amy as the main of the three. I think it's like like a tandem of three people. I mean, oh, God, I hate Amy Schumer so fucking. You know, okay, she's representing Towson University though. So oh, she's... I don't fucking care. <laughs> what did wait? What did you like about Amy Schumer? She's not funny and she's irritating and she steals all her jokes. Oh wow! You didn't know that. <laughs> You didn't know she stole most of her jokes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to read more into that one. Um, yeah, she stole a lot of her jokes. Wow. Okay. Well, anyways, yes, they're trying to get – they have 350 names on this um, on this um, petition. petition. Yeah. A lot so, like major cinematographers major, are like, major, dude, exactly. fuck off, man. Sending it to send, sending it to David Rubin, urging a reversal of the plan. So I don't we'll think they can, they can at this point. When are the when are the Oscars supposed to show this year? What's it's the day? Sunday. Yeah, they don't have time. Yeah. They don't have time. They can't add. It, it's, yeah. it's done. They, they, no matter what they do, they can't add time to the show because yeah. they've already booked the time slots. Scoring, editing, production design, makeup, hairstyling, and sound. Yeah, That's all cool. the shit that actually goes into you know making the movie. <laughs> Yeah. You know, let's, how do we edit the movie? How do we cut yeah. the film together? Oh, we're going to cut that. Oh, how do we make the movie look so good? Oh, we're going to cut that. Mm-hmm. How do we make the movie sound so good? Oh, we're going to cut that. It's like, 
all the shit that people actually would give a fuck about are gone. How do we make a period piece without hair and makeup? Yeah, <laughs> or costuming. Like, <laughs> costuming, right? The shit that people actually would yeah, give a I fuck know. about, about the craft, like, they just cut all of that just to give the actors more time. And the actors, of course, are important, but may- maybe not even every actor. Interestingly enough, Rachel Zegler, who is an uh, – she's in the Oscar-nominated film West Side Story initially, initially yeah. was not invited to the Oscars. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. She's the, the star of West Side Story, so apparently the studios get to decide who goes to the Oscars. The nominees get in and their guests, but if you're in an Oscar-nominated film, but you're not nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, yeah. it doesn't necessarily guarantee you a spot, uh, uh, a seat uh, at the Oscars. However, after – I think she got on social media you know, expressing her you know, disappointment. Dismay, disappointment about it. <laughs> Uh, they they off they they apologized and said here is a ticket. <laughs> well, they offered her to present an award. Okay. There you go. So she'll be one of the presenters. There you go. Yeah, because initially she said I'm not invited, so I'm wearing sweatpants and my boyfriend's flannel because someone asked her what she's wearing to the Oscars. So uh, and she said I root for West Side Story from my couch. <laughs> I'd be proud of work, all the work we did, uh, man. But uh, no, she was. Uh, just added, along with Jacob Alordi from Euphoria, Serena and Venus Williams, Josh Brolin, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jason Momoa, among the other presenters. Um, but uh, we're not going to talk about the nominees we talked about on the show before. Yeah. Check out a previous Below the Belt show where we discuss all the nominees. But next week, we'll be talking about the winners. I hope every presenter just calls out the Oscars on the day before they present being like fuck all of you oh and now, here, and now the nominees <laughs> for best directing are oh wow not the oscar <laughs> academy yeah but yes jesse there will be some song and dance um blink 180 drummer travis barker uh will uh will be performing with sheila e legendary singer uh and iconic jazz pianist um robert glasper um so they're gonna be doing a very interesting collaboration of sorts um i don't care um (laughs) i don't care oh man so uh anyways um all right let's move on to number 10 on my list is netflix all right stranger things season four guys took them Um, long enough (laughs) right some, the actors don't even look like the, they're they don't previous, look, like guys, they they look grown, anything like what they did in the last they, season. They grown so much. So yes, there's actually some new um, images. They didn't. Um, they dropped a teaser trailer, but they also dropped some new images. Yeah. And this uh, is last season, right? This is um, no, no. Um, I believe they're going up to season five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's good news. It's a great show, man. I love Stranger Things. I, I think I bailed out at the end of season three. I was like, eh, I'm done. Well, it's, just, it's just not interesting to me. Well, at anymore. least you finished season three, so I guess you gotta, you know, you can start. If, if there's nothing else to watch, then I'll watch oh, it. But, but at this point, <laughs> there's always something else to watch. I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, Ross Duffer, um, the creator, um, said that this season is going to be bigger than its predecessors, and then also expects some feature-length episodes. So. Maybe greater than an hour. Episodes greater than an hour to give you more of a feature um, film uh, feel. Um, so, of course, this drops at the end of May. Um, and, of course, you know, a lot of the episodes have been very 
very high production quality, so you're getting very movie-like, um, you know, movie-like show. But if you're going to go to like a movie length, then I guess it makes sense, you know. Um, but you're right, man. Yeah, I looked at this uh, picture of all the cast, and um, Millie Bobby Brown is 18 now, and uh, <laughs> and I guess a lot of the uh, the kids are, are are probably 17, 18 now. So yeah, they're all grown up. Um, uh, let's see. So Christina Ritchie is uh, joining the Adams Family Wednesday um, series, um, but not as uh, not as Wednesday, which but is not Wednesday. as Wednesday, which is interesting. Um, and a, she's going to be joining in a mystery role. Um, going to play Morticia. That would. Uh, they would... didn't announce who she's going to be, but I guess that that could be possible because yeah, yeah, Christina Ricci is no longer that little girl anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> she's in Yellow Jackets. Um, if you haven't seen it on Showtime, people say I actually watched the pilot. Um, <clears throat> pretty good show. Um, but Jenna Ortega will be playing Wednesday Adams. Mm. So this is going to be an eight episode series described as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery. Charting Wednesday Adams years as a student at the Nevermore Academy. So there you go. So they're going for like a Nancy Drew type uh, type thing with this. I yeah. guess. Uh yeah, yeah, because that's that she, what that's what she was, right? A sleuth of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Especially I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, Yeah. My knowledge of the Adams family comes from the two movies from the nineties, that's all I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, also on Netflix, so we're getting a, a Resident Evil original series. Oh, I read the pilot for that. It's awful. Oh, <laughs> uh, you think it's gonna be awful? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Really? Oh, it's so okay. stupid. You mean you mean compared to the great, great previous Resident Evil movies? <sighs> oh, dude, I watched I watched that new one that came out back in November. It's fucking trash as well. They just wow. cannot get this this franchise. They cannot get it right. They cannot get it right. So they're going to go to the series route and see if they can strike gold yeah. with the series route. But Ahad Razamir has been cast as the lead, and I'm not familiar with his work. Um, but yes, um, don't you guys don't you guys think that maybe just as a whole, like we should take a break from zombie stuff? Like yes. I can't even remember the last time, like mm-hmm. the last time I got excited about anything zombie related. Well, for for me, it's The Walking Dead final season. Yeah, I mean the the Walking Dead was fun. I kind of lost a uh, interest. We'll get into it a little later, but yeah. But one Cut of it, the Dead is a good one. If you want something different, that's a good one. One Cut of the Dead. It's a uh, it's a I think it's a Indonesian uh, or Taiwanese. Taiwanese, uh, okay. Or if, if, I think it's let me check that. And there's another really good one that's well, there's uh, South Train, Korean as well. Yeah, Train to Busan, which is Train to Busan, which is getting a remake, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it. It's like like whenever I say I'm like oh it's another zombie thing and then I completely yeah. forget about it and I never watch it. Yeah. One cut of the dead is a Japanese zombie film, so it's Japanese zombies, which is even more creepy. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Netflix has a Marilyn Monroe biopic with an NC-17 rating, and it stars Anna de Armas. Woo, Anna de Armas. Woo. Uh, so she's gonna be playing Marilyn Monroe. Um, so apparently the, it's going to have some heavy sexual content, which is why it's uh, NC-17, which we haven't seen an NC-17 movie in a, in a while. Um, but uh, basically the director said it's a demanding movie, and if the audience doesn't like it, that's the fucking audience's problem. <laughs> it's not running for public office. It's an NC-17 movie about Marilyn Monroe. It's kind of what you want, right? I want to go and see the NC-17 version of the Marilyn Monroe story. So there you go. Um 
that's called Blonde uh, drops this year on Netflix. Yeah, it uh, sounds. I don't know. I don't like, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, um, I don't really care about seeing like explicit sex scenes in normal movies anymore. I mean, there's porn, porn's fine. You know, I love, uh, yeah, we, just, we love her. We love her. <clears throat> it's yeah, so I easy to access now that it's not appealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now like whenever I see a sex scene in something that's like a quote unquote normal movie or a normal show, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. I, I start looking at my watch and be like, okay, really? once it's going to be what over, about, so we can get back to the story. It's out of the Armas, general side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of hot girls that are, that have sex I, on, on screen. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see how that one goes. Um, um, here's an interesting one. It's, uh, I guess, a British-produced Netflix series with Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend. Um, and it's a British couple. Um, when, um, basically, they're um, a British couple that are rocked when James, who's a minister in Parliament, gets accused of rape. And the scandal threatens to destroy their marriage and ruin his political career. So it's called Anatomy of a Scandal. Um, also, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey is in it. Um, and that uh, drops on April 15th, if you want to check that out. And uh, speaking of the, that lore, uh, Bridgerton uh, Season 2 um, just dropped. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the actresses from uh, Bridgerton could not attend the premiere after testing positive for COVID-19. So COVID is still out there, guys. Jesse, uh, did you see the first season of Bridgerton? Never watched it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Never, Everybody yeah. I know says that it's good. I just, I just yeah, don't. yeah, never really got my interest. Yeah, I've well, got too, I've got know, too much other shit to watch. I'll admit, like you know, I enjoy a good a good period piece like every right. once in a while, and so like I was yeah. actually interested in seeing it, but it's it's yeah. like one of those many many things on the, on my list that I'm just like, okay, I'll get to it eventually, and I never will. And you never will. <laughs> period piece shows never really do anything for me. I just mm. everyone says, oh, Outlander is really good. Like I just, right. I just don't give a shit. I, I I'm sorry, I just don't care. <laughs> just, I'm not interested in that stuff. Okay, very very yeah. Outlander because Outlander's a was a very popular one. Um, La- last thing I I saw that was period piece related was I finally watched the last mm-hmm. duel, the Ridley Scott movie that tanked, wow. and it was just it's fine. That that yeah. I have nothing to, I have nothing to add or criticize. It's fine. Like it's, it's just it's, fine. It's, it's just fine. Well, when you have um um people with American accents, I, I think that kind of took away the. Because you always think of the medieval stuff and the, yeah, the fantasy or ben stuff. Yeah, with a terrible haircut. Right. You think of the British accent. That's why, we, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, just worked. But oh, no, yeah. you think the about, last duel, it's just, I don't know. They're talking their you American think about, accents. Yeah, they're, they're talking in American accents. But is that any different than um, <clears throat> when you're watching anything that's supposed to yeah. be taking place historically and they're not speaking whatever the historic... Um, you know, because oh, yeah, yeah. The, you're the watching a film that's set in Egypt, but they're not speaking Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. I <laughs> mean, like, or they're, they're obviously, obviously yeah. we, we can't like, you know, it doesn't make any sense not to do it in English. But you're already you already have that suspension of disbelief there for that. Then like you can't like, does it make more sense? Like, for instance, uh, House of Gucci, where it takes place in Italy and everyone should be speaking Italian. But yeah. instead, what they are is they're speaking <laughs> this English with these like these like weird pseudo Italian accents. Yeah, oh, like Jared, terrible. Jared Leto. 
Doesn't that seem uh, doesn't that seem less like more? I mean, actually more off putting than if they were just speaking English like in your. They're speaking. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. I swear, Adam um, Driver and Lady Gaga are in one movie of that film, and then everyone else is Jer- in Jared Leto's movie. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's awful. Oh, it's right. terrible. Is there a filmmaker that had a worse year last year than Ridley Scott? Oh wow. That's like a good two question. tanks, and one of them was awful. Wow. Well, uh, Saving yeah. Grace is uh, Lady Gaga getting nominated for a role, but yeah. Yeah. But the, that. Yeah, the the film itself wasn't. I wasn't believe good. was wasn't good. But is it not nominated for best picture at the Oscars? I don't think it is. Is it? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. So don't look up. Got nominated. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm in that one. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the Soto effect, I guess. Yes, yeah. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna take a classic cut break. We're gonna play a uh, classic cut. But you know, I'm gonna go cool cut um, for. Uh, a group that I'm really looking forward to when they stop over in DC called churches. They collaborated with one of my favorite bands from my youth, the cure and that's Robert Smith. So you got churches, the cure in a song called how not to drown, which is such a dope song. And after, after that, we're going to hear an interview from um, BTV's own Chachi McFly with Logan Kim from ghostbusters afterlife. So we'll be back right after the cut and the interview. Hey guys, we're here at Monster Mania, back once again, you know, after a long COVID hiatus over the years. But we are here with one of the stars, one of the young cast members of the hit movie Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is Logan Kim. Logan, how you doing? Good, how are you? Very well, very well. And people will, will remember Logan from the movie as podcast. Yeah. What was your opinion about the character and how it turned out? Uh, you know, I... I was given a lot of freedom to uh, just do the character I wanted, and uh, director Jason Reitman, he uh, he really let me kind of just go at it and uh, gave me some direction here and there, but I really wanted it to be funny for this role, so he let me do that. So some of the jokes and stuff in the movie you made up yourself? Uh, I got to like pitch in, but not all completely myself, okay. yeah. That's pretty incredible. So were you a fan of the Ghostbusters franchise before this movie? Yeah, uh, ever since I was like four, three or four years old, I got to... Uh, to watch the movies every, every year and so I grew up watching them, yeah. What was your favorite movie of the Ghostbusters? Uh, like for one or two? Yeah, or, uh, or the or the, the reboot one with the females. Probably the first one, I'd yeah. say, yeah. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> so what was the audition process like? Were you um, in the running with any other um, known child actors for the role of podcast? Uh, there was only uh, one other kid there, I won't say his name, but... Okay. Um, there was just only two of us and we went for the role it was just kind of back and forth we we just like switched out with different people and uh, they just called me back and they said we want you so there we go wow what do you think gave you the edge on that audition um edge what do you mean by that well to beat out the other um, person auditioning for the role I don't know I think it just like kind of comedy I kind of just grew up watching comedy and uh, I I just really wanted to do as good as I could so you know 
Right. Well, this is Logan Kim, guys, from the hit movie Ghostbusters Afterlife. Right. Great to meet you, sir. Great to meet you, too. Wow, I love that song by Churches, man. How yeah. Not to Drown. Great, great song. God, such a talent. Such a great, great, great. And you know, the, the Churches have such a great style. They're, they're very, they're synth pop, but they kind of take influence of some of the, the new wave uh, bands mm -hmm. that we used to love uh, back in the day. And give it a more of a contemporary edge. Yeah. Uh, of course, I sent the song to the resident rock star Flex. He didn't care for it, even though he's a big Cure fan. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, guys. All right, guys, moving back to the top of the countdown. Disney Plus, let's talk about um, what we can expect on uh, probably uh, the network that's getting uh, a ton a ton of subscribers due to uh, amazing Star Wars and MCU content. Um, so, okay. Apparently, we're going to see Moon Knight starting next week. However, the director, Mohamed Diab, uh, slipped that MCU's WandaVision, which he was involved with as well, is not returning for a second season. Okay. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise you. It was a pretty finite story, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. gonna they're gonna continue Wanda's story in multiverse of madness and I don't know. Um well I don't plus, know. I mean like Yeah, plus you know what it was already nominated for Best Limited Series, so mm -hmm. you know, uh it's gonna have that like big little lies effect if it comes back as a series because then it kinda it kind of cheapens the fact that it got nominated in the limited series category when it became a series, but nonetheless, um, you know, I'm looking forward to Moon Knight, um, but we'll be reviewing Moon Knight, um, uh, which drops on Wednesday. Yeah, so, I'm excited. Yeah. Moon Knight's Soto always Island? been one of my favorite characters, so yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I'm excited to see what they how they do it, and Oscar Isaac is mostly good in things that he does oh and, yeah he's uh, Poe Darwin in, in the in the in the Star Wars uh, sequel films and of course uh he's I mean, Dune. He, see like I didn't really love him as Poe Dameron but like uh in most of his non-genre stuff he's fantastic and like uh you know he's I mean he was good in Dune and right. he was terrible in that X-Men movie but oh god <laughs> everything terrible. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people uh, definitely crapped on his uh, portrayal portrayal of Apocalypse. It wasn't his fault. That was the that was the production team's fault. Production team and the the, the costume designer or yeah. the uh, yeah. He looked like Ivan Ooze. It was bad. exactly exactly. All right, this is big news for Mandalorian fans and Back to the Future fans, which I think is an awesome casting. It's Christopher Lloyd. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> gonna appear in season three of The Mandalorian. Have no you seen that joke going around about that? About he better oh, be named that? he better be named Del Orion. <laughs> now what does that refer to? Get it, the De De Delorean. Oh, Delorean! Yes, yes. <clears throat> oh, that's right. That's funny. I like that one. Oh. <laughs> it's that. It's very dad humor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you're you're a dad son, so that makes sense. But. So um, I'm curious, how, what do you guys think of Christopher Lloyd? Apparently, uh, no details on his character have been revealed. Uh, it's a guest star <laughs> at this point. Yeah, he's uh, still acting. He was in that movie Nobody last year. That was great. It was a, it's a live version of a Rick from Rick and Morty. It's the Kinda same cool. thing as like you know they've already had like 
other actors that are kind of similar to him, like guest in The Mandalorian. Like Stephen Root was in a an episode of The Mandalorian, and oh, yeah. he was actually really great. I like. No, he was he was Boba Fett. He was Boba Boba Fett. Oh wait, oh he was in Boba Fett. That's right. Th- they're the, basically the same show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mate, yeah. I, I, let's just say what it is. Like, Man, Boba Book of Boba Fett is basically season 2.5 of Mandalorian. It is. That's what it is. It's it, cl- it, it's cleaning up the loose ends from the previous Well, season. yeah, it's particularly five, six, and seven, episodes yeah. five, six, and seven. Because Boba Fett's mm-hmm. not playing Boba Fett in that show. He's playing Django Fett. Yeah, and, yeah. And it, it's just Django. It is, it's, it is it's not kind Boba of weird Fett. how he's suddenly become this, like, noble, heroic character. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. He's not playing Boba Fett. He's yeah. playing Django Fett. Yeah. He's, he's still badass, but he's a little bit more of a protagonist now, guys. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, he was, like, completely a remorseless, merciless villain in most yeah. stuff. I mean, granted, he has, like, what, six lines in the entirety of the two movies that he's in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even He's in, not like, a character. Even, well, even in, like, the books and stuff, he just was played as, like, a straight-up thug and villain. Yeah. Well, it, didn't Darth was... Vader uh, warn him not no disintegrations, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah so it's, like, here at the end. And then suddenly he's all like noble now. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to the countdown. Number 12 is HBO. Uh, we're getting a fourth season of True Detective in development. Wow, okay. Um, which is currently titled True Detective Night Country. And the uh, plot is being kept under wraps. Holy cow. Uh, when, but, when did season three come out? Like 10 years ago? That was actually back. in 2019 with yeah, Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff. That was that was only 2019. That felt like so yeah. long ago that, that came out. Because yeah. 2020 was a mulligan for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> we had no concept of time in the in the uh, Corona yeah. apocalypse uh, yeah. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like what 2012 <laughs> or so when that came out. Right. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> yep. Over on HBO Max, there's an upcoming original film called The Parenting with Brian Fox <clears throat> from Succession, Lisa Kudrow, Edie Falco, and Dean Norris. It's a horror comedy, which uh, focuses on a, a couple who rent a countryside cottage to host a weekend getaway with their parents and find out it's been inhabited by a 400-year-old poltergeist. Okay. Interesting. So poltergeist. Yes. It's just a <laughs> race in the cabin. With, with Brian Cox from Succession, right? Okay. Succession is um, actually really fucking good. That every character is an asshole in that show, dude. Yeah. Brian no Cox. one's likable. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Fuck, dude. So, so I've heard from my friends that like it. So I have Yeah, that. it's quite good. Uh let's see. Uh we're gonna get a second season of Hacks. Um and Laurie Metcalf. Ming Na Wen from Mandalorian. Margaret Cho and Martha Kelly all coming aboard for that that uh, second season. Uh, we also just saw a teaser trailer for uh, the Flight Attendant season two with Kaylee Cuoco. Is that a comedy? What what is it's, that show? It's technically a dark comedy because it's okay. yeah, uh, a black comedy, dark comedy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's a flight attendant, you know, in season one, she ends up waking up after partying with a rich passenger and only to find him murdered. And she had no memory of what happened the night before. So she's trying to solve the murder. Um, Instead of going to the cops? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> while trying to ex- solve the murder in order to exonerate herself. Oh, OK. So As she's, she's oh, she's in the place. So she, they would think it was her. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. So. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I have yet to tune in, but I'm a big fan of Kaylee Cuoco's. 
All right, they just dropped the trailer for that Candy Montgomery Axe Murderer uh, series on Hulu with Jessica Biel. It's called Candy. Um, good title for that, obviously. <laughs> um, it's uh, and they also dropped some first look images, but uh, yeah, Jessica Biel's transformation into the housewife who killed her best friend Betty Gore in 1980. Mm. Um, a period piece worth checking out and almost unrecognizable is Jessica Biel with all I'm that. Looking it so, up now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jessica Biel has been my favorite for many, many years. So, uh, oh, damn. Wow. Right? Candy Montgomery, Jessica Biel. I know. I got to look this up, too, now. Yeah, I know, right? You're just like, That's what? weird and creepy. <laughs> Jesus. Right. I was, last week, we talked about someone who was very unrecognizable is um, um, the main actress from Shameless. She's in a new series called Evangeline, and she's <laughs> also very unrecognizable. She's like that. That Barbie icon, blonde hair, um, Emmy Rosam, that is, yeah, uh, who's portraying Evangeline, also very unrecognizable. So it's interesting to see these actors take on very uh, interesting roles that are very, um, you know, very different from their actual. Well, I guess it, it worked for Charlize Theron. In Monster. Yeah. In Monster. Hey, so. Exactly, exactly. All right, number 14 on the list, Zip Zoo, Zippity Doo Da, um, Squid Game Star. I'm really happy about this one because I love Ho Yun Jun, who I got to party with in New York. Um, she is from Squid Game, as you know, um, and uh, she just uh, was announced for the cast of a new show on Apple TV. Of course, she won't be in, spoiler alert, she won't be in Squid Game Season 2. But uh, <laughs> if you saw Squid Game, then you know what I mean. Um, but um, she'll be joining um, Kate Blanchett and Kevin Klein in a thriller series called Disclaimer. So it's a psychological thriller. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it's uh, by uh, actually by Alfonso Curon from Roma. Hmm. So he'll be writing, directing, and executive producing the series. Okay. So um, yeah, happy for Hunyan for uh, getting that. So. Um, Let's see. Also, Adina Porter and Clark Bacco have been uh, cast opposite Lakeith Stanfield in the upcoming Apple series, The Changeling, based on a book of the same name by uh, Victor Laval. All right. Described as a horror story, parenthood fable, and perilous odyssey through a New York City you never know existed. So... Apple TV's trying. They're not really. So, so it's like a like a Pan's Labyrinth type thing, but like taking place in modern day New York City. Is that what? It kind of looks, yeah, because it's part fable and horror story, but in a pa- perilous New York. Um, so yeah, I guess you could say it's the Pan's Labyrinth of <laughs> sorts. Um, maybe that the, they would uh, agree with you there, but uh, um, you know what? I'm really Zod. You're a little bit behind on Walking Dead, right? Yes, I am. Okay. I won't try to be too spoilery, but, uh, you know, Herschel finally met Negan. And that's um, that's Maggie's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was a very, very powerful scene, let me just say. Because Herschel found out the truth, uh, that Negan was the one that Bash Glutz had in. And, uh, which is not a spoiler. You knew that, Zod, already. Yeah, yeah. But, I think everybody knew that. So. <laughs> But uh, do you mind if I mention a little bit of it, Sod? Go ahead. Go ahead and spoil okay. it. I, I mean, I'm not sure exactly when I'll get back to watching okay. it. So it's like a... Uh, uh, little Herschel uh, held Negan by gunpoint. 
It was uh, <laughs> okay. talking about Maggie's kid, and that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and uh, he was able to be sweet talked. You know, for some reason, Negan, the character Negan's very good at talking to kids, was able to calmly talk Herschel, you know, to putting the gun down, and he <clears> said, <throat> "When you grow up, we can talk about this and we can hash it out then." Um, but uh, in a very big reveal. Oh, it's uh, like the that scene in Kill Bill when uh, that. You know, with um, uh, uh, I'm sorry yeah. for derailing you, but that was that's okay. Uh, that's okay. But but well, how is the Kill Bill scene? Um, well, it's when uh, it's it's when the bride kills, uh, and I forgot the name of the character. The um, you know the 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 one who is like a suburban mom. Oh, Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, Vivica A. Fox. Yes. And the daughter yeah. sees it, and she's like, "If you come after me another ten years, you know." You know, I'll be ready for you. I was like, yes. that, was the, that was supposed to be the plan for Kill Bill Volume 3, and I think they've scrapped that. Yeah, so, yeah. Like still bring it back with that plot line, but yes. Yeah. They, very, thought of, they thought of continuing, but Tarantino wouldn't be directing it. So. That's a very good um, comparison, uh, General. I know you were hesitant to, to, to throw it out, but it's, that's actually very accurate. Yeah, that's a, that was the first thing I thought of. I just couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah, no, that's good. A Fox's good name, and I was blanking. <laughs> it was like, uh. Yeah. So uh, Negan, of course, is hanging out with a new community, and he met a woman uh, named Annie, and apparently she's expecting. So Negan is going to be a daddy, and I think Negan always wanted to be a dad, but he never did with his uh, wife Lucille, as we saw in the Negan backstory. Or his brides. Or, or or any of his brides, when he had multiple brides at the same time, yeah. Um, which, uh Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting one, right? <laughs> um, but uh, we're only two more episodes left in the part two of the final season of The Walking Dead, Genzod. Okay. Isn't there a spinoff so, story supposed to happen, though? That's right. Uh, Negan and Maggie, which I'm just very curious how they're going to handle this one. Are that show their, will never end. <laughs> they're actually getting their own spinoff oh, called Isle of the Dead. Now, I know you're you're groaning. Um, Jesse, but I'm so keep, tired. <laughs> keep, keep in mind, keep in mind that The Walking Dead season 11, the final season, the current season, season is on right now, is adapted from the comic book. So it's ending at the end of their story arc and comic book. So it makes sense. So because it's so popular and because of the fan base, they're going to do shorter seasons with your favorite characters, like you know. Daryl and Carol and Maggie and Negan. And of course they're doing the anthology tales from the walking dead. Mm. And then Rick Grimes is getting his movies. So yeah, I was about to ask that. Are they still making those? They're still, that's still in the works. That's still in the works. And as you know, um, Rick was spotted in Atlanta. Um, As you know, they're shooting or they probably did wrap the final episodes, which he'll probably show up in the last episode of the show. And then, although, I mean, the movies will take place concurrently with the timeline of the previous seasons. Yeah, Yeah, you already know. Rick die in the comics. (laughs) Yes, he did. Last last issue, he died. Yeah. Yeah. His I think Carl shot him in the head. He turned into a zombie and Carl shot him. Yeah. For someone that knows about The Walking Dead, Jesse, you just stop being a fan of the show because of... Uh... Because I know this show through fucking memes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, but if you ask me, like, what details there are of the show, I would I just be looking at you with, like, a corpse face. I would have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah, but I can't believe Negan's going to be a dad. So it would be interesting. <clears throat> Will Herschel be in this spinoff? Will Annie survive? Will the baby survive? You know, we don't know, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens, guys. 
All right, number 16, Paramount. Um, I want to talk about Halo because I haven't seen it. Fuck Halo, that I show know, I sucks. I, that's why I want you to talk. so bad. It's so bad. Oh my God, it show sucks. 61% of Rotten Oh, go lower than that. Fuck, audience score, audience score, which tends to be a lot higher, only 66%. <laughs> that's correct, yes. It right. sucks. So it's Halo, garbage. It's fucking a, garbage. Two derivative of better science fiction series to emerge a fully formed elite, but glimmers of promise and faithfulness to the source material. It's not out of the light just yet. You notice so, it says promises of faithfulness to the source material, so which means based, that the first episode is not faithful. It's to the just source based material. on the first episode. Will it get better? Jesse, why did you hate the first episode? So uh, first off, it, 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 it's cheap. It's cheap looking. For for it's ten million dollars an episode and it looks horrible. The wow. CGI is fucking crap. Wow, garbage, huh? Mandalorian is eating their fucking lunch over at Disney right now. Like you could tell the writers of the show really wish they were working on Mandalorian because wow. Master Chief gets together with a young kid, takes her under his wing, tries uh-huh. to become like it's gonna become like a father figure, uh-huh. is on the run from the people that created him. It is the same fucking show done worse. Literally the same show done worse. Wow. And that's just based on, again, based on the first episode. Yeah. Could it improve? Oh, and Master Chief takes his helmet off. Oh, that that was a little He never does that in the games. Wow. Kind of like how Boba Fett always is uh, without his helmet. He doesn't really wear it that often either. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, he taking that helmet off is, it's like a, there's almost a disdain for the source material from the writers on this show. Right. They clearly did not want to make a Halo show, but were asked to do it. Right. Was that was that actually a thing? I, like, I've never played the games before. I don't really know anything about Halo lore at all. Master Chief like, never takes his helmet off. You get is, that, one... is, it, is it is it is it like a like a Mandalorian esque rule that he can't take his helmet off? Or in the extended material, it said that the reason is because the Spartans spend so much time inside their suits that they basically just live in them like a second skin. They never take them off. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you are meant to put yourself into the persona of the character of Master Master Chief is not a character. <laughs> he's not a character. Let's get that out of the way right now. Right. Um, he's very oh, one-dimensional. He's, he's supposed to be this like one-dimensional avatar yeah. that you're just supposed to blow shit up with. Yeah, he, he yeah, the world around him is supposed to change based upon what his actions are. Like he's very much like a Judge Dredd. Okay. You know, keep the helmet on because the world around him will change around him. Gotcha. But then you it, like first episode takes his helmet off and it's like it's just a guy <laughs> it's just a dude and they don't even get that right like in the books it's described as because he's been in that suit so long that his skin is like pale and pasty his eyes are sunken in he has like bags under his eyes he doesn't sleep very much um he's got scars all over him but he just looks like the actor just they didn't they, did, they did, <laughs> the level of disdain and the level of apathy not even trying Wow. It sucks. I am not watching past episode one. Fuck this show. Well, you know, I mean... And actors... also, it's called Halo. None of it takes place on a Halo ring in first episode. Like, start where the game starts, guys. And okay. do a prequel story okay. afterwards. Yeah, well, you know, Pablo wants to show his face, I guess. That's oh, it's, so, <laughs> yeah. it's so stupid. Know, it's, and it's, it's, it's not... boring. It, it, that's, it's boring. It was wow. boring. <laughs> All right, also on Paramount, this is an interesting uh, show called The Offer. Which you talked about is uh, the baking of the Godfather, and Miles Teller is Albert S. Rudy, hired as the producer of the film adaptation of the novel The Godfather. 
Um, and um, yeah, so it's kind of like a, a making of the film. Uh, kind of like how um, Mank was like the making of Citizen Kane mm-hmm. um, in, that, in that regard. So uh, I know I watched Mank. I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I don't I, know. That's how I, I feel we, about David Fincher movies these days. And, and that's how I feel about that movie too, Jesse. <laughs> I, I'm sure that David Fincher was enjoying every second of it, but I right. just do not remember and I do not care. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. I don't sure. remember. But uh, yeah, trailer looked really, really good. So <clears throat> it might be worth a look. All right, almost done the countdown. Number 17 on Peacock. Um, uh, has a new show uh, called The Act. Um, oh, is that right? I'm sorry. Um, on, over on Peacock, there's a new show called Friend of the Family with McKenna Grace, who uh, was the star of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is interesting. We just uh, heard our Logan Kim interview, which is awesome. But, um, yeah, so basically it's a stranger-than-fiction story of Jan Broberg, whose kidnapping was told in a Netflix documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight. So this is kind of like a series based on the documentary, I guess. So, um, interestingly enough, um, yeah, we're going to see a series version of that documentary um, called Friend of the Family. So they kind of trusted their friend and neighbor to watch their daughter and in turn ended up abducting her. So, um, you know, she was kidnapped twice, once at age 12 and once at 14 in other movies. What? No, Jan Broberg felt. Oh, 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 the the person that she's portraying. Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn. That's, that's, that's a hell of a luck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's some bad luck. running. Oh, actually. Well, it both times that she was kidnapped by the same person who was a family friend. I'm, I'm on her Wikipedia page because I was kind of like curious about it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Does it look like something you'll tune into? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, um, you know, it's yeah, like you get kidnapped twice by the same person. You'd think like after the first yeah. time. <laughs> Peacock's trying. They're trying to keep up with yeah. Netflix and Disney Plus, but I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, also on Peacock, Betty Gilpin. You might remember her from Glow. She's got a series on Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Um pretty much on the wraps but it's basically an exploration of faith versus technology and she's going to play a nun who goes to battle against an all powerful ai artificial intelligence that's okay not what i expected but okay something called another science versus religion storyline yeah yeah it looks like it yeah faith versus technology yeah that's exactly what science versus religion is right I wonder I, which one should win. Yeah. <laughs> but which one do you think they're going to go with? I think Peacock should be should try a lot lot better, <laughs> personally. Try, try harder, guys. Yeah. All right, number 18, Network TV, um, which – does anyone still watch Network TV? <laughs> I do watch Saturday Night Live. I, I, I do enjoy Saturday Night Live. But, oh, I uh, bailed on that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Saturday Night Live is, is actually improved a lot in the past year. I've, I've I think it's – yeah. They finally got someone that can do a proper <clears throat> um, Joe Biden and Donald Trump in person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for the longest time, their um, I mean, their their political stuff was was you know I enjoyed it a lot right. of it right. because I agreed with it politically. But like their non political sketches sucked. But now it's actually their non political sketches are are yeah being they're hiring better writers. But uh, yeah, yeah, comedian Gerard Carmichael will be hosting. Um, 
I wasn't actually <clears> familiar <throat> with this comedian, but he's got a his third HBO stand-up special. Uh, and dropping. I absolutely in love with Chloe Ziegler, who's on on that show. She's awesome. Chloe Ziegler on on which show? SNL. Oh, and that's Chloe Ziegler. Who's which character is that? Don't you mean Chloe uh, Feynman? Yeah, you're right. Oh, Zod. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, 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 okay, sorry. I, I didn't get much sleep. I, I love I love Chloe Feynman, too. Isn't she adorable? Yeah, she's yeah. adorable. Why yeah. did I see Ziggler? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one who messes up here, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Jake Gyllenhaal will be hosting on April 9th with Camilla Cabello as a performer, musical performer. And then Lizzo will be doing double duty as she hosts and is a musical guest. So um, uh, let's see. Over on ABC, yeah, there's a, like a lot of controversy with Jeff Garland's ex- exit from the Goldbergs because they already wrote out the the rest of the season and oh, yeah. you know, he left the show. So it's been really like awkward. Well, left the show. Right, left the show. Asked to leave. Or asked like, to leave. Please go away. But. You know what? It just it just makes for a very horrible show because you're you're basically using old footage of Jeff and then you're getting a stand-in or body double to 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 shoot scenes like with the back of his head and it just looks so off. Yeah. I just saw clips of it, but the Goldbergs really just has to wrap up because it's just they, they should just there's a there's a there's a long history of TV shows doing that, by the way. Where they well, go. South Park did that with Chef when Isaac Hayes, you know, left the show. Oh yeah, yeah. But that and, the point of that show was about that episode was about you know religious organizations literally putting words in your mouth. Right. Yeah. It was so, about that, and so yeah, it, it, and it, it kind of works. Yeah. Yeah, it, it works. For South Park. And it was it a good way to get Chef written out of the show. It doesn't work for the Goldbergs, no, man. It does not work. Uh, no. Live action, it's more difficult to do. Sometimes you can get away with it. Like, they, for all the shit that's in Rise of Skywalker, they did their best to fix the whole um, Princess Leia scenes. <laughs> they did the best they could after she'd passed away. Yeah. Yeah. They did what they could with what they had. So, yeah, they, they uh, really did the best they could. But it, it, you could still kind of tell, like, that's not quite her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to hear uh, General Zod. Um, in the case of five-year-old baby Zod, you are the father because Mari is no longer going to oh, be. Oh yeah, on retired. Yeah, he's retired. After 31 years on the air, so no more baby Zods on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he's been around for longer than 31 years. He I, has to. That show has to have been around since like. Well, the, the, he's probably been in business prior to that. He was. Uh, oh yeah. He's he been did, in show business for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did the Mari Povich show prior to that, before the Mari show was 30 years, 31 yeah. years. Okay, uh, that's what I thought. I, I just thought Mari, the Mari Povich show and Mari were the same thing. I guess they weren't. Well, then he also did, like, the um, – well, the Mari Povich show was kind of like – a. it was a different type of show, I think. In, whereas they Mari, rebranded in they rebranded, daytime right. TV. Right, exactly. But you know, I like you know when nothing's on TV and I wake up in the morning, I, I don't mind. You know, once I start an episode, I want to know if that guy's the father or not. You know, and it's pretty funny. You know, but I don't want to watch every fucking sh- uh, episode. But it's kind of funny when you know they they start you know doing dances and flipping and the, 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 not the father. And they're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so happy! I don't have to pay alimony. <laughs> alimony or child support. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. They're doing a supernatural prequel called The Winchester on CW. Look out for that one. And that stars Meg Donnelly and Drake 
Roger. Um, and you know what? I mean, the supernatural went on for so long. I mean, was it like 20 seasons or something? Exactly. Like? And it's crazy. They still want to continue with that universe somehow. Well, it's a cheap show to make. It was incredibly cheap to make. That's why I kept going. It was cheap. Yeah. Um, and they don't, they didn't need the viewers because, yeah. uh, apparently CW, you, you don't need as many viewers as like other, other, um, channels so that's why those shows survive and they go on forever yeah that's why the arrowverse is still going exactly. <laughs> even though arrow is gone <laughs> i know right they can't really call Christ. the arrowverse anymore yeah. can they uh, i don't know i ditched out of that a long time ago nope. it's just too much it's just too much too to much. consume it's 24 episode seasons i can't do general it. you're behind on your cw shows aren't you or are you I caught am. up yeah i am i'm definitely behind i haven't yeah. seen like uh the Let's see. I know that there's been a new season of The Flash. I haven't seen it at all. And uh, I, I guarantee I, it's so, probably the same thing as the last one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was the biggest problem. They always, they always kind of blend together and they all feel the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the cool things now, though, is my kids really like The Flash. So I could watch yeah. it with them. And They feel like kids shows. Yeah. Yeah. And so and it was still fun to watch it and I could watch it with them. I used to legit love I used to legit think The Flash was a good show. Like there was a time there where was I, there was some good really episodes. Enjoyed it. And um, like Legends of Tomorrow was I actually that went from that went from being complete garbage to being pretty good. <laughs> That's actually a really good well, show. Well, they went it's a like comedy route. Insane. Yeah, they turned it into a it's comedy. It's insanely creative and, like, really... Right. It's not really a superhero show at all. No, like, they never dress up like their superhero counterparts. Yeah, yeah, but it's, like, uh, but it's so much fun to watch. And, like, they... There, there are episode, entire episodes where no one like uses their powers, no one dresses yeah. up as anything, and it's, right. but it's still, like, great to watch. So that's the show you'll probably continue to watch. Yeah, I like Legends. Okay. I'm going to stick with Legends. All right. Yeah. Um, CW's Charm is going to get some star power in the form of Natasha Hentridge, best known for her role on Species in um, a recurring role as Diana. So uh, look out for her. Um, I'm sure they need the star power because who's watching the Charmed reboot, right? Um, have they and, have they had like um, any of the people from the original? No. On that's that? No, as far as I heard, no. Well, yeah. Shannon Doherty does not look the same at all because she had was it like she had bad cancer? And she had she, cancer. Sad. Yeah. yeah, but they could get Alyssa Milano or Alyssa Milano still looks amazing, but she's yeah. a little a little vocal on certain issues, you know. Yeah, maybe. I think I think she's kind of retired from acting at this point. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. She yeah. just did a film with the actress from the new Lord of the Rings movie that we talked about here on BTB called "Who Are These People," uh, which was yeah. a really good indie film, and it was good to see Alyssa Milano in there. All right, I think she's mainly a writer at this point. I think she's just kind of yeah. stays, stays at home with her kids at this point. That's exactly mom duty for sure. Yeah. Mm. All right, almost done here. Red Rocket star Simon Rex, and this is number nineteen on my list. Uh, confirmed that he was offered seventy thousand dollars from British tabloids if he falsely claimed that he had sex with Meghan Markle when they were on the same TV show, and he said he he did <sighs> not do it. He said he was broke as fuck. He said he needed the money. But he said, I'll be on food stamps before I do that. Um, so uh, apparently, you know, has been the target of British press. And they there's a lot of like hate and vitriol thrown uh, from the British press and, and, and a lot of the Brits towards Meghan Markle. I think it's really fucked up. That's why Harry and her left UK because of yeah. all that vitriol. Yeah. 
um, which really is not appropriate, you know. Um, isn't, it, isn't it because she's not part of the royal family or, or royalty or something like that? They just hate her for that? And then, and then well, is, it, is there some racism in there? There's some racism, Joe. Yeah. 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 Some, some family members have commented on how the kids would look and things like that. Yeah. I'm just showing know. how incestuous and kiss-ass most of the people that are in the British public I mean, actually are. I look at Prince Andrew, like, running around with Jeffrey. Jeffrey Epstein, you know, it's like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, um, it's like, I mean, the whole thing with, like, the obsession with the royal family, that seems so, like... Who cares? Yeah. It's yeah. not even a real thing anymore. Like, it's, it's so antiquated. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's like, uh, so, like, there's this, uh, there's this group of people who do essentially nothing and live yeah. these insanely luxurious lives. Yeah, aristocrats, socialites that do literally nothing. They live off of money that's been hoarded up and just sits in a bank account. Yeah. And just keeps getting replenished because their family continues to just get money from investments. Yep. Is that, People is that, that just they they live, never okay. live... Isn't don't they don't they pretty much live off of uh, British taxpayers though? I thought yeah, yeah. I was like, it's not really investments. It's not like they're living off of like private right. investments. Yeah. Isn't that technically like a pyramid scheme? Ooh, yeah, that's what we're looking at actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that technically a crime? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're making money off people, and you're not doing anything in order to actually make this money. Hmm. Yeah, but they're the same people that's... that want to take down uh, um, Johnny Depp and won so. Yeah, and didn't know. that just come out that he had a huge setback in his 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 lawsuit against Amber Heard or something like that just now? Didn't something come out recently? You know what? I don't have that news bit. Do you know anything about it? I know nothing about it. I just saw I saw a little blurb. I was like, oh, yeah. well, that sucks. I think the shittiness was pretty equal on both sides of that one, though. <laughs> yes, there's a proof from both sides of the fence for that. Although. Yeah. You know me, I love things to be consistent. I think they should have still let him do the Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, the third film. But right. Maz Mikkelsen is a massive upgrade, and quite frankly, I don't even care because I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> oh, I'm so fair. done with Harry Potter at this point. <laughs> that's fair. And so the last done. thing on my list, guys, number 20, is something that is really breaks my heart because you know it affects people of color, and that's um, hate crimes um, and harassment against people of Asian American, Pacific Islander, what have you. Karen Fukuhara, who plays Kamiko on Oh Boys, yeah, I saw this. One of my favorite um shows on Amazon. Um uh revealed on Instagram she was assaulted outside a cafe on Wednesday. Um and she said noted that it was the first time she was harmed physically, but she was struck in the head by some random guy and said that she although she was physically fine, which I'm glad she was. She said, this shit needs to stop. Us women, Asians, and the elderly need your help. And it's crazy because a lot of the, a lot of the hate crimes are against women, like, men, like strong, big dudes against elderly people, elderly women, and, and just women in general. And it's just really fucked up, you know? I'm, it's really, really makes my blood boil. Um, did they ever catch the person that did it? Yes. Okay, good. Catch the person that did it. Yes. I think they did. Um, did they? I don't know. Do I have that information? I don't know. But um, anyways, no, there was a different hate crime, actually, against Asia, uh, an Asian woman that they did catch the person on security camp. I don't believe they got the the um, the uh, the wrongdoer here on this mm -hmm. one. But uh, Jack Quaid was quoted as saying, Karen, thank you for your experience. I'm sorry that happened to you. I love you if you need anything. Laz Alonzo, her co-star, said that this pisses me off. 
wish I was there because you know. Oh, he would milk, tear that fucker apart. Father's milk would have fucked some shit up. Like Jack Quaid was like, you yeah. know, oh, I'm not gonna get involved. I love you, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> but Lyle Alonso <laughs> is like is, is like is like Jack Reacher if he was a black man. He's exactly. fucking yeah. huge, huge. Dude. Huge. Yeah, you don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I really hope. Um, she mentioned that she's concerned, take, uh, considering taking self defense classes. Interestingly enough, her character is a badass. So I wish she could have gotten those superpowers, uh, those soup powers, and kicked this guy's ass. Uh, but of course, she's an actress. She's not as strong as Kimiko, so she couldn't really fend for herself. But uh, yeah, pretty crazy. All right, guys, we always announce some sad rest in pieces to close out the show. Um, Peter Bowles, a British star of To the Manor Born and um, Rumpole of the Bailey, had passed away at the age of 85. Um, Shinji Ayoma, Japanese film director known for his film Eureka, which won two prizes at the 2000 Cannes Film Festival, had passed away due to... um, esophageal cancer uh scoey mitchell actor known for his work on the one season run of the sitcom barefoot in the park had sadly passed away at the age of 92 and john clayton former espn uh, reporter nicknamed the professor um died after a brief undisclosed illness so uh, rest in peace to those that we have mentioned and um i haven't done a friday birthday um shout out as we're uh recording this particular show on a special night on friday mm-hmm. happy birthday to elton john 75 today the legendary elton john. Damn, oh that's going, that's man. who we that's who we should have done the classic cut for like yeah that's a good point stuff. damn yeah. yeah see you late now and it was rocket man there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go uh marcia cross actress marcia cross is 60. uh we just mentioned laz alonzo He's 51 oh. today. Holy cow. Happy oh, wow. Alonzo. He's 51? Wow. No. He's 51. That's what it's I thought he was in his 30s. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Damn, he's looking good. I know. That's crazy. Well, you know, black don't crack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. That's he what said it, not me. <laughs> well, that's what, the, that's what my black friends say all the time. Sorry, don't put it on me. <laughs> uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is 57 and looks 57. So I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. <laughs> Dominic Lombardzardi, uh, Lombardozzi, rather, from Boardwalk Empire. The Wire is 46. Um, Lee Pace from The Hobbit is 43. Alex Moffat from Saturday Night Live is the big 4-0. Uh, Catherine McPhee, American Idol, Smash, is 38. Chris Red, also from Saturday Night Live, is 37. Rapper Big Sean is 34. Ryan Lewis of Macklemore. Ryan Lewis is 34. Matthew Beard from The Imitation Game is 33. And Ali Machalka of Ali and AJ is 33. That's birthdays today. And uh, what a great show, man. Wow, this has been really awesome. We like the fact, of course, our amazing panel. That's right. He is Mr. Hardcore Bloodshot, cosplayer extraordinaire, and podcaster extraordinaire. Where can we... Uh, also, hear and see everything Hardcore Bloodshot, Jesse. Where can we see it? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hardcore B-Shot. Also, we have, uh, I'm on several podcasts on um, Film Rescue Show and Split the Difference. We're off season at the moment. Uh, we're coming back probably in uh, beginning of May. 
Uh, we already had two episodes lined up for Film Rescue. We have Ghosts of Mars <laughs> and uh, Dark Knight Rises are going to be set to be fixed. Um, and also we have... Wow. Yeah, it's, that's, it's a rough one. It's a really bad one. <laughs> nice. really bad. It's really awesome. bad. Uh, I mean, awesome. Carpenter, yeah. you figure, like, yeah... Anyway, yeah. we also have um, two whatever's way up where we just talk about good movies and stuff. We just did an episode on Righteous Gemstones. Um, oh, and, I need to watch a new season, by the way. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. And also, we just did a new commentary track for uh, one of my favorite comedies, one of the most seminal films of uh, the last 20 years. That was 20 years ahead of its time. Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I find it hilarious. Yeah, I think it's funny. so did I. I used to tell people how funny I found that movie, and I would always yeah. get these blank stares. Yeah, if you if you played that now in a theater, people be like, "Oh yeah, this is like Tim and Eric, or it's like the yeah. Eric Andre show, or it's like Jackass. Like it's modern yeah. comedy. It was just yeah. twenty years ahead of the time." Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And of course, thank you so much to Mike, the General Zod. Yeah, always you're, great to be here. And you've become quite the improv uh, fiction yeah, writer lately. That's- that's my my claim to fame these days as uh it took a little you know there's a couple week hiatus as we go from class to class but i'll be starting up again in um this tuesday and maybe eventually when when baltimore improv group actually opens up again to the public i can tell people about shows that we do there but now it's they're still closed well i would imagine with this next run of like showcases, they're going to start opening it up. Good. So very good. Well, generals, I thank you for, thank you both for, 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 uh, you know, like I said, got to throw out, uh, that sometimes things happen on set and, uh, podcasting has to take a a backseat and sadly that's what happened this week, but thank you so much guys for, for doing our, um, our rescheduled BTB show this week. And of Of course, course. uh, we like to end uh, tonight with another pre-recorded interview that I did at Monster Mania with actor and um, musician Spencer Charnas. Zod, I know you know bands. Have you heard of the band Ice Nine Kills? Yeah, yeah. It's, All right. Uh, named after named after a. Uh, uh, it's Kurt- a Kurt Vonnegut novel, Ice Nine. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. it's not. A, it's not. It's a part of cat's cradle the novel cat's cradle yeah it's right. what is it? it's like a microbe or something like that uh well what it what it's supposed to be is it's they, they don't really go into the details about it but it's supposed right. to be some kind of like chemical that the uh, the u.s army had uh <clears throat> researched and what they wanted to do was have something that would instantly um instantly get rid of like swamp so that you know like yeah and you know, because this is written during the Vietnam War, and they wanted to get rid of like the swamps in Vietnam, the swamps in the and the. It would instantly freeze them, is what it was meant to. Yeah. Say. yeah. Oh. It, 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 it in effect freezes the earth. Yeah, it's a post. It's an apocalypse novel, basically. Okay, that's yeah. where they he got the name. But are you familiar with the band itself? Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. I like them. Cool. Awesome. Well, I get to talk to Spencer Charnas, who is foraying into acting, and he just uh, recently was in a couple of uh, horror films, including The Retaliators, and he talks about doing cocaine off a young lady uh, in the film, and he talks about that on, on the show. So listen to, listen to it here, uh, exclusive here on Below the Belt Show. All right, on behalf of everybody on the panel, Jesse Fresco, Mike the General Zod, 
I'm Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, below the Um check us out Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Facebook, and um just finally, finally starting a BTB Instagram. God, it's been why why haven't we? Well, we finally <laughs> are. Um so follow <laughs> us on Instagram. Uh so uh we will see you guys next time and until then peace all right guys monster mania is coming to a close we're here with our final interview of the day with spencer charnas how has your monster mania uh, experience been this weekend it's been amazing i've done only a few conventions i've been going to them for years as a fan mm-hmm. and i've always heard about monster mania and this is the first time i've seen it in person and it was incredible right. great guests fans were great everyone was super nice and hope to be back let's talk about your journey because you, you started out as a composer and then you kind of worked your way into acting is that kind of how the the queer path went for you uh yeah i mean first and foremost um you know the singer of of ice nine kills uh mm-hmm. and uh lucky enough to when we do music videos we kind of incorporate like a cinematic element and storyline into the music videos so i wouldn't really call myself or consider myself an actor it's just you know something that we do in in the videos but hey if someone wants to put me in a movie i i would definitely consider it right right so let's talk about your experience on on set of retaliators How, how was that experience that was really interesting you know it was filmed in the height of uh covid uh and it was really the first time since the pandemic had started that i left Los Angeles, you know, I hadn't been back home, I hadn't traveled on an airplane, so we drove to Vegas uh, to shoot uh, just, you know, one scene I had, but it was really cool, it was a a, um, very fun thing to do, you know, you got to pretend I was uh, doing cocaine off a pretty girl's uh, leg, so that's always fun, and then (laughs) Five Finger Death Punch cut my tongue out, Um, and that's the first time I, I met them. And uh, the singer, Ivan, put a gun in my mouth as part of the scene. And uh, that was my first uh, meeting with Five Finger Death Punch. But as violent as the scene was, they're super nice guys. So so the fact that you got your tongue removed, that, does, that, that doesn't discount you from being back in a sequel because you didn't technically die, right? Well, you know, I haven't seen the final cut, no pun intended. <laughs> So yeah, obviously Ice Nine Kills is a big part of your life, but um, now that you started to you know, foray into acting, yeah. um, where would you like to see your acting career go into, if you were to do that? I mean, other than horror, are there any other genres you'd like to maybe give a shot? I mean, I, you know, I always like comedy, horror is my, yeah. horror and comedy are my, my big loves, but sure. I mean, if I ever even could get a chance to have like a cameo in any of those sort of marquee franchises like Friday Thirteenth or yes. Scream or Halloween. I mean that would that would be amazing. Even just a little part in the background, but right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you can check out uh, Spencer with all your um, everything Spencer related, Ice Nine related. Uh, your social media. Throw it out. Anything? Yeah. To uh, Ice Nine kills yeah. uh, with the nine spelled out on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Yes. Uh, we also have a app that you can download on your phone called the Psychos Only app, uh, which gives you you know just a leg up on ticket and merchandise, and uh, it's just a cool place for like-minded horror f- uh, fans and Ice Nine Kills fans to, uh, you know, corroborate and uh, hang out in a toxic-free 
internet space, which is rare. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll check out all the, the cocaine sniffing off hot girl's legs. Yes. And, and more uh, other body parts, I'm sure, oh, uh, yes. coming up with Spencer Chartis. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you, buddy. Awesome. Appreciate it. Awesome. You can let us know who you are. Uh, you're on Below the Belt Show and whatever you want at the end. I am Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, and I am on the Below the Belt Show. We'll see you soon. Rest in pieces. Nice. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.